Well, hello, folks. Welcome to episode 99 of Have a Little. I didn't even realize that I was at this point with the recording of the shows. Um, of course, uh, I want to thank everybody that supported me and has been listening. So uh, I really appreciate it. I'm so excited uh, to uh, get to that 100th episode, too, coming up soon. And uh, we're going to stick with the Christmas and the holiday vibe today. And it's going to be about Elvis, Ronnie, and me today. Elvis Presley, Ronnie McDowell, and myself, and my connection to the three um, folks, obviously connected to myself always. But the Ronnie McDowell connection brought me to the Elvis Presley connection, which is pretty cool. Well, folks, let's talk about the year 1957. An iconic album was released that year for the holiday season, and it was released on October 15th in 1957. It was Elvis's Christmas album. It was his third studio album, and it spent four weeks at number one's Billboard uh, Top Pop album chart. And uh, the album over the years has been certified diamond, which is an amazing feat. It is one of the best-selling Christmas albums of all time in the United States and is one of the world's best-selling Christmas albums also. And it was recorded on RCA Victor label and uh, done in uh, Radio Recorders Studios in Hollywood. Again, 1957. Of course, Elvis singing, playing acoustic guitar. Uh, Scotty Moore, his guitarist. Bill Black, his bassist at the time uh, for the recording, DJ Fontana on the drums, and of course the classic sounds of the Jordanaires backing him up on the album. Now, if you've never heard the album, uh, the tracks were Santa Claus is Back in Town, White Christmas, Here Comes Santa Claus, I'll Be Home for Christmas, the classic Blue Christmas, Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me, Old Little Town of Bethlehem, Silent Night. And then he closed out the album with some classic gospel stuff that he used to love to sing. Um, and uh, they were Peace in the Valley, I Believe, Take My Hand, Precious Lord. And he ended the album with It's No Secret What God Can Do. This album uh, has been re-released, uh, remixed uh, over the years. You can get different versions, different cover art all over the, the world. It's, uh, it has uh, different uh, versions uh, released, um, and uh, it still is uh, hanging in there as one of the greatest Christmas albums ever released. And uh, Elvis did another Christmas album, too, and uh, this gives me the opportunity to talk to you about the famous Studio B here in Nashville, RCA Victor Studio B. I had the honor of uh, taking this tour they give of this uh, studio several times. And every time I go back, I get the same emotions. They walk you through all the folks that walk through these halls, who worked in this studio, who recorded here from Dolly Parton, the Everly Brothers, Charlie Pride, and more. And of course, Elvis Presley, recording over 200 songs in this studio. From 1958 to 1971, he uh, recorded at this hollow ground. And uh, one of the cool stories about his recording was the, the piano that's in there, which is still in there. 
This piano dates back to 1942 when it was finished production-wise. And it was, uh, it's a famous uh, Steinway piano. And this piano was used in the uh, studios up in NB- NBC Studios in New York City. And it was later moved to Nashville, Studio B, in 1957. It's been played by hundreds of folks. And some names you might re- recall, Floyd Kramer, the famous instrumentalist, Ronnie Millsap, you know, and many others. And of course, Elvis. This, this piano became one of Elvis's favorite instruments to play. And um, one of the cool things about it is he actually tried to buy it one time and they told him, no, it was staying there. So it's got that history. And uh, Elvis probably wasn't told no too many times. But uh, he just loved it so much. What he would do pretty much for his uh, recordings, mostly he recorded at night from what I recall from the uh, studio tour. And uh, he... uh, basically would gather the Jordanaires around the piano and they would do some gospel stuff to warm up before they uh, did any of the other recordings or started their session. And um, that was one of his traditions there. Now, they recorded this other Christmas album in the summertime. It was July and uh, it was pretty hot and they were trying to get the mood set. And, uh, you know, Elvis was was questioning, you know, what could we do to get some things going here to get this Christmas vibe in, in the month of July? So some of the folks decided they were going to help uh, set the mood. Some of the lights were changed in, uh, in the studio. They, uh, t- they took some of the regular lights they had up uh, on the ceiling there. They put red, blue, and green to give you that Christmas feel. They set up a Christmas tree in there. You know, Elvis was all over this, too. And to get that atmosphere, they also turned up the air conditioner so it could get nice and cold in there to bring that spirit of the holiday. You know, RCA Studios, uh, the stories that are told um, in that building are just amazing. If you get a chance, you have to visit it. So check out those two Elvis albums and um, what great history. So what's my connection to Elvis Presley? Well, I moved to Nashville Obviously, it was 23 years ago, it's going to be. And uh, I started playing by accident, pretty much meeting some great people, working my way through the system, not even trying. I just fell into it. And, you know, I'm a pretty laid back person and very easy to work with musically. And I just decided to, to keep playing. And I was introducing myself to other musicians and such. And I wound up, uh, performing with uh, two young ladies, a group called Chasing Lovely, um, two sisters from Minnesota, a duo, amazing. I just loved their their sound. Their music really touched me, and I felt the vibe. So I became their percussionist. And um, it was pretty cool because uh, they were getting pretty popular. They've been doing a couple of recordings, and uh, they got asked to go on a, uh, a tour, an Americana tour, um, celebrating our troops and veterans and all that and going around the country performing shows. So out of the kindness of their heart, they actually asked the promoter if it would be all right if I could join the tour. And uh, I was just shocked. I was just so honored. Uh, This is my first time I'm going on tour as a musician. I never even planned any of this. So uh, we traveled to um, Huntsville, Alabama to get on the, the big buses. We're talking tour bus. I never expected this ever. 
So uh, one of the young ladies takes me on the bus and we're walking around and, you know, I was told, you know, I, I could pick a bunk, whatever, and get on board while we were loading things up. But it was going to be kind of crowded. There was about 18 other folks going to be on this tour and uh, that bus was going to be crowded. So I got lucky enough to get asked to ride with the headliner in a separate ride. And I was with his band and the headliner was Ronnie McDowell. Now, if you don't know who Ronnie McDowell is, this guy came out of nowhere in 1977 when he penned and recorded a song after Elvis Presley died named The King is Gone. This song sold over 5 million copies. And with its airplay, Ronnie McDowell, this Vietnam veteran, became a star overnight. His love for Elvis, first of all, was amazing. And he always incorporated it in everything he did. He was never an Elvis impersonator, but his voice, phenomenal. When you listen to hear him sing, you hear Elvis's voice. Now, Ronnie McDowell started charting um, a string of hit singles and albums from 1979 through 1986. Um, hit songs like Older Women and... Uh, you're gonna rain. Uh, you're gonna ruin. You're gonna ruin my bad reputation. They were top ten hits, and um, Ronnie was just an amazing man to meet and work with. And my whole thing with them was I, I got to ride with them and I got to hear stories. And he he told me some great stuff. I got to know the band, and in the long run, I befriended Ronnie's son, Ronnie Jr., who was the the drummer, and he had me sit in during a rehearsal. Um, a sound check actually on his drum kit. And I guess I blew him away because I was basically playing percussion and cajon on this tour. And within a few days, he had asked me to become his understudy. So I was the backup drummer for Ronnie McDowell for several years. And I got to go on the road and perform when, when Ronnie Jr. was doing some other work. I got to go on a gospel tour where I got to play with T. Graham Brown, another uh, Grand Old Opry star. And Jimmy Fortune from the uh, from the Statler Brothers, and uh, you know several shows, played drums, and went on the road with them. And I did uh, several small little tours with them throughout. We went Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, um, Louisiana, to name just a few. And it was just really cool. And to play in front of thousands. I mean, one of the shows we had about forty five hundred people there. That was just astonishing for me. But uh, Ronnie McDowell's connection to Elvis Presley is just amazing. After writing that song, you know, The King is Gone, it just it just sparked that they, they heard the voice there. So Ronnie became the voice of Elvis Presley. And what I mean by that is in 1979, Ronnie was commissioned to um, record in a number of Elvis songs for a TV movie called Elvis. You might have seen this. It was starring Kurt Russell and Kurt actually lip synced to Ronnie McDowell's vocals, which is pretty cool. Other films Ronnie did 1981 Elvis and the beauty queen, 1988's Elvis and me and several others. And I had the honor of touring with him and, uh, he still performs today and uh, is also a noted artist. He's an amazing painter. Um, go check out his website, Ronnie McDowell, and uh, check out some of his work that he's done painting-wise and all that. And uh, 
during this tour, and even with Chase and Lovely, I I get emotional talking about this because I just never expected to to do this, to be connected with such an iconic figure, Elvis Presley, and then a, a top 40 singer-songwriter, Ronnie McDowell. I've been so blessed. I, I can't explain it half the time. And while I was with Ronnie and Chase and Lovely, we got to play at Graceland. We did a show on the grounds of Graceland. And then when I toured with Ronnie, he took me to the Elvis Presley Theater in Tupelo, Mississippi, which is built on the grounds where Elvis was born. Just amazing. Amazing. So that's my connection, Elvis, Ronnie, and me. And if you get a chance, listen to these iconic albums. Elvis Presley's voice. Ronnie McDowell is such a nice man. He was so good to me, and his son is so good to me. It's so funny because I ran into his son the other day. Well, it's about a week or two, and um, he's such an, a humble, amazing man, and what an incredible drummer Ronnie McDowell Jr. is. Um, unbelievable. I've never seen he, he He doesn't have to play double bass with his father because it's pretty much classic country, you know, and top 40 hit stuff. But he does this amazing solo that just makes any other drummer, I mean, makes me want to just take my sticks and, you know, how you do the mic drop. I just want to drop my sticks and walk away. He's just an amazing soul. And I can't thank him enough for for having uh, the uh, the trust in me to travel with his father and back him up. And I got to play some classic Elvis songs live uh, during the show and all that. And, uh, you know, the uh, trilogy uh, that Elvis used to do during his uh, concerts um, is something that uh, Ronnie uh, pretty much used to, I think he still does. He still uh, closes his show with it. And to play that song was just amazing. And I want to thank the guys in the band, too, that um, helped me learn what it was like to be on the road and travel like that. And again, I want to thank Chasing Lovely and a whole chain reaction. How this happened goes all the way back again to 2000. Met this young man named Ryan Michaels, amazing songwriter, singer, started his band. Met several people through that band as I moved on in the music world. And my first show I played with uh, Ryan, Ryan was at the the Bluebird Cafe, one of my first shows, Bluebird Cafe. And that's how I connected with Kathy Redwine. And because of Kathy, I met Holly Broganair. And because of Holly, when I went to a special event at her house, that's when I sat at a bonfire and I listened to Jason Lovely perform for the first time and just fell in love with that music. And that's how it happens, folks. You just got to be there. You got to put yourself out there. You know, you got to have the faith inside of yourself. And, and I've grown so much over these last 23 years. And this holiday season means so much more to me, I guess, than ever before. Because now I have a very special person in my life that I cannot thank enough for changing my life forever. I have some new family members. And I am pretty homesick. But, you know, life... Uh, Life has handed this to me, and I've got some more time here to do some great things here in Nashville, and I'm going to continue. And I really want to thank everybody again for listening to the show. And uh, please come back and listen to show number 100. That's going to be the tale 
of the three trees, my holiday, my holiday special, which I do every year. And then we'll look forward to hopefully each and every day that we're given, take advantage of it, you know, do everything you love, have faith in yourself, have hope that things are going to get better. If they're not right now, they will just have that faith, that hope, and that love in yourself and always love what you do.